When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Winning time, episode 9, Acceptable Loss is over, but we are just getting started. My name is Grace, I'm here with my co-host Jason. Jason, how you doing? Grace, I'm doing great. I spent uh, most of my day trying to find a phone book so that I could uh, <laughs> make sure to get my, you know, all my information, get that page, because I'm going to New York this week, yes. I want to make sure I have all the information I need inside my jacket pocket in case yeah. I get lost. Yeah, I was like, okay, you know, remember this is the this is the address that we record the podcast, like, and then you, yeah. you're like, I know, but then you took the phone book and I found it in your pocket. I mean, a little embarrassing, Jason. If you had to podcast. find a phone book, could you find one today? Uh, no. Uh, yes. Like, would go to my parents and they probably have an old phone book, <laughs> but even they might have purged their phone books. There's no no use for them anymore. Do they still make phone books as a thing? I, I, I would assume they do. Let's see. Somewhere, like probably, uh, they make them somewhere where like uh, there's not good internet. They still make phone books. More importantly, are you able to? Uh, wow, how to order a phone? Oh no, that's a, just a phone. <laughs> uh, uh, if you want to print a directory, I don't know. Looks like maybe, maybe still. Hmm. Well. We're not going to talk. That's yeah, enough phone book chatter. <laughs> Everyone's sick of our phone book. Enough chatter. phone book chatter. There's never <laughs> enough phone book chatter, Grace. <laughs> I can talk yeah. an hour about phone books. Uh, there's a there's a movie from the 70s called The Jerk. It stars Steve Martin. I don't know if you're familiar with it, yeah. but uh, actually, I don't think the beginning of the movie holds up very well anymore. But there is a whole scene where he moves out of his family's house and he gets very excited when he he has been published in print, which is just a phone book. Uh, he's very excited. Uh, yeah, it's great. And then I think he gets hunted down by a uh, someone who just like randomly looks for names in the phone book and picks his name out. Uh, so the fact that he was printed in print uh, was the the downfall of him in the movie. Anyway, great movie. Uh, it was a great movie at a time. I don't know if it holds up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like most movies in the seventies, probably not. I know, I know, it's rough. Um, all right, acceptable loss. We're the penultimate episode of the show, Jason. Yeah, and you know, you know, this give, well, give everybody one. give everybody here Emmys. Like this was just a tour de force episode, and oddly enough, it was an episode that didn't feature a lot of magic. I yeah, like no magic. One phone call, I think, maybe, and some I mean, some an smiling and his... montages. An important step in the story for magic, which was just kind of, you know, breezed by really fast. Yeah. Other than that, he was pretty much kind of a, by the end, he was kind of a prop for Kareem and his story. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, not just not much of magic. He who has been like the driving force of the show for the previous eight episodes. 
Yeah, and uh, I feel like I feel like this show has this like amazing episode that I think in particular, like I think uh, uh, Spencer Haywood's storyline is very powerful. I think Kareem's story is very good. I even think Jerry West has a, has a good episode in here, and all these people out in public being like, "This show's bad." I'm gonna see Jerry West taking this show to the Supreme yeah. Court. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, he is very angry in this episode, which again I kind of thought had like settled down a little bit, but um, no. I, but I think it's it's I don't know. It's been very fun, and yet it's so funny. These like two contrasting things of like uh, the, the reception from the people who are, are being portrayed. And then at least in my little space, people really enjoying what they're seeing on TV is someone, I think believe Zed said that was their favorite episode so far. So. Yeah, I would say probably I'm with Zed on that one. Uh, this has replaced the uh, road, the trip to training mm -hmm. camp as my favorite episode. A lot of extremely good performances here um, by multiple people. So uh, yeah, this was this was a very good episode. Yeah, very good. So we'll jump into it. Acceptable loss. Um, we see Jesse and Jerry are talking, sort of chatting about uh, Muhammad Muhammad Ali's real name, and uh, Jesse's like George. <laughs> no, that's George Foreman, uh, Cassius, uh, and uh, uh, Ginny is uh, bringing her a smoothie. Uh, Jerry says, make sure she drinks it next time. Maybe put a wine spritzer in it. She says, if you put a gin in it. You have a deal. And uh, Frank and Claire are there. Uh, Claire, who was pretty absent from the last episode, but Magic was absent from this one. So that seems to make, make some sense. Um, but how's your mom doing? And I feel like on the, on the, on the, what the opposite of Eve, uh, on the follow up to Jerry Buss's least favorable uh, depiction on the show, uh, this one, I was like, right into it he's like she's fine she's gonna get it felt up by a guy half her age yeah like, oof uh so she's thrilled um and they say what's wrong with you frank says oh we sold uh first round playoff tickets they sold all in a day uh it's half a million uh dollars uh but seattle lost so we actually get a buy and so that's half a million dollars in refunds plus the loss of concession stands and jerry makes the point here how do we lose money when we win I don't think I've ever really thought about that, like on the that Me side either. of things. Like you know, uh, people that are in the business of owning sports teams or or in higher positions, like it kind of sucks when we win so well that we miss out on a a home game. Like you think about the NFL and the, who gets a first round buy, like that's uh -huh. you know empty seats for a week. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I've I mean, yeah, the NFL still uh, has that. The MLB still has a wild card, but they've really expanded playoffs partially and just due to like yeah, the owners want you know more teams to have more more games that they can sell tickets for but yeah boy the buys uh makes sense that the nba would get rid of it um i mean especially yeah. in buses uh you know situation for this first year like he needs all the money he can get like he's asking claire like is there any way that we can break even this season like well if we get to the finals and this extended finals uh maybe just maybe we'll get really close to it but we probably won't even get to it yeah uh, and that just seems like a little bit of like the, this episode, I think paced, uh, we talked about the pacing a lot. I think that this makes a lot of sense to just like uh, go through the playoffs up until the finals, I think, uh, is smart here. Um, yeah. and Claire says, you know, I need a full-time employee and you know what? I'd love to hire Jeannie. And Jerry's like, nope, she's taking care of Jesse. Uh, Claire calls her invaluable. She's earned the opportunity. But Jerry says, no, you got to get someone else. Um, and then Frank reveals. Uh, so Jack actually has passed his test and is ready to come back and coach. 
based on what we see the rest of the episode, I was like, how? Like, what did Jack do to bribe this person to, to clear them? Um, We've all had one good day, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, going on to, like, the Claire stuff, I was really happy to see this from Claire because I've been saying, you know, over the season, like, wow, Claire is really kind of taking a lot of Jeannie's ideas, and Jeannie doesn't seem to be a lot of credit yeah. for it. And even, like, Bus is still, like, kind of, like, he doesn't really, I don't even really think he acknowledges the fact that, you know, Jeannie has really helped him a lot because when she like I think Jeannie should do he's like Jeannie who my Jeannie yeah my Jeannie yeah I think it's a wild thing where like you kind of find out in this episode like she's not being paid <laughs> like I yeah, mean she's just her there. dad's her dad's rich so like what is she's yeah whatever she's she clearly is not like struggling like she's not like not living so she's not being kicked out but like you know, she's not being compensated for her work in the way that you know I guess she's interning you know yeah I'm sure they chalk it up to internship probably yeah um so we see there's a team meeting uh this is between like the executives so all the higher ups and they're like it's jack's strategy it's his team they should bring him back but some people believe westhead should should play or should coach um and uh bill ends up like slowing everything down because we're basically getting like westhead bikini westhead bikini and uh, he says you know what do you think uh what do you think jerry he's like uh i don't know uh, i need to sleep on it so he goes ask jerry west and <laughs> I thought this was great, Jerry West. I was like, don't dump that, don't dump that turd on my doorstep. And was like, I'm in over my head. I own this thing and I love this thing, but Jerry West is the thing. Um, and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna have to call a priest. He's like, do yeah. not call a priest. He is rooting for the Celtics. It's, it's quite a reversal, you know, for for the, the, the entirety of the season. Most times they turn to Jerry and they're like, Wait, what are you still doing here? Yes. And now Bus is like, No, we need you because I need to like pass this on to somebody. Like, and you seem like the perfect scapegoat. It's great. Uh, and Wes says similarly, let me sleep on it. So uh Pat's trying on a suit, although not the pants. And so I was like, yeah, uh, like, uh, hopefully I get to wear it. Uh, what if this thing has all been a giant tease? He says, well, at least you'll know the suit fits. You can wear it in Cleveland or wherever you end up next season. And she says, what's, what's our mantra? This felt so like, <laughs> I don't know, uh, this couple having this like mantra, like function forward, control it. We can. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, and if they dump, uh, Paul and Pat, they, they deserve what they get. Uh, the last thing that anyone should do is mess with chemistry. Uh, Chris, who is Pat's wife, Chris yeah. and Pat have like really this interesting, this whole interesting chemistry throughout the whole season. Like she's really supportive, but stern at the same time. And she's yeah. like, you know, she's a psychiatrist, so she's like giving him all these mantras and all these things to remember. Uh, so and it, I, you know, it's kind of worked for Pat. I think over the season, I we so. we remember Pat from early, early, early in the season with the messed up hair, the too long mustache and now he's like this this buttoned up kind of uh kind of coach guy yeah. and you know i think part of that is probably due to the fact of his wife kind of guiding him a little bit and keeping him in focus yeah i think one of the strengths of this show has been I, i've said this a lot they're they're playing with a huge cast like this you know this uh you know this is Britta from community like it's not a small super small casting bit and so they're using you know her pretty sparingly but i think it's pretty effective um here to sort of give insight to pat that doesn't feel like we're stuck at the you know the office the whole time or, or at the you know at the forum or whatever and uh yeah it's, it's funny to think of these actresses like you know gillian jacobs is like come in for like you know an hour shoot your uh -huh. scene and you can leave like uh -huh. yeah like giving nothing basically i was like, just but, talking they, but like you said what they've give what they've been given is very effective I was just talking about a show I'm covering on uh, 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 on Poster Recaps called Heartstopper, and my favorite actress at the time is like in the show, but only in maybe like 
two minute scenes at most. I'm just like, she must have probably shot. It was like, she must have shot this whole thing in a day. Like <laughs> the greatest actor of our generation is just like, all right, uh, that was good. All right. I'll see you later <laughs> for like yeah, 10 but, minutes. But for what, um, like what we've seen and heard of like TV sets, like it probably actually took them a day to film yeah, that like true. two minute scene. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, you know, her, like film scenes are always like hurry up and wait. So we've been told from different actors, I think over the, over the years. Yeah. The other thing I like from Chris here is that um, Pat has clearly shown he's good at it. And like, he, he was obsessed about basketball and there was a little bit of her being like, you may not have to do basketball. Like you might not have to, you know, you, you know, this could be bad. Like if you're like still obsessing over this in a way. And now the fact that like, he's actually proven that he's good and she, she believes him quite a bit. I mean, they won 50 games um, that like, she's like, you know, We'll go somewhere. We'll go somewhere else. We'll go do something else. If you know, you seem to be good at this thing. Um, who cares if the Lakers fire you? You'll land on your feet, which is, I think, their relationship is is great. Yeah, I mean, a big theme of the show is uh, the strong women behind the quote unquote strong men, and I think yes. this episode especially highlighted that for a number of people. Yes, for sure. Um, so we see Haywood, uh, we see shots of him taking pills. Um, he's totally zoned out, uh, on the court. Uh, somebody like shakes him, uh, loose and, and <laughs> get off of me. I was meditating and I, I love, uh, what's this guy? Landenberg, what's Landsberger? Landsberg's like pretty angry for a guy who's meditating. <laughs> so good. Landsberger's uh, undercover MVP of the series. A hundred percent. Um, uh, so he goes into the locker room and he tries to find some, some, uh, he finds, you know, some drugs, but he drops it. And, uh, uh, he's searching around on the bathroom floor when this guy comes in, he's like, Hey, I, I found what you're looking for. Uh, and he looks up and he's like, yeah, I borrowed your tape and cutters. And he's like, he starts, you know, going at him. He's like, you're stealing my stuff. Um, Haywood storms out. Kareem follows him and Kareem has Haywood, uh, here. He's like, you lied to me. Um, do you still want this? Haywood says he does. He wants to give his girl a ring. Kareem says, then cut it out. Cold Turkey. You have one shot. Yeah, like, so, you know, spoilers for real life football, uh, I was about to say football, basketball. Yeah. Uh, you know, apparently in the real time, Haywood got suspended in the finals for getting into a fight with one of his teammates. I think maybe they were trying to illustrate, like, part of that here. Right. And then it's interesting, you know, for Kareem to confront Haywood. And it's like, you know, I didn't even hear, I didn't even see it for myself. My girlfriend would heard from your wife like that you're back on the drugs right and you know is this kind of a late 70s early 80s attitude like hey get over it you know go cold turkey yeah it's not as if it's just you know just a thing to do whereas you know now we know more about these things and it's not that simple to say hey get over it you want this just do it yeah even later like you'll see people being like you know uh there's a little bit like cream being like he'll go to a rehab center but like a lot of people are like he's weak and like this this league is for like people who are strong right like just this like fairly outdated view of like addiction um yeah zero at, sympathy at for point. for them for what they're going through and things like that yeah um so we see it's seven days to the playoff we see haywood is like cleaning up the stuff at his uh apartment throwing out a bunch of his his drugs and um we see flashes of the game where he's, um, you know, really, you know, influential, helpful in terms of getting Kareem uh, open, being able to sort of make room for Kareem to be able to score uh, on the court. So seeming like a pretty important piece to this, um, you know, Lakers machine. Uh, we then see Bus partying at the Forum Club. Um, he uh, then heads up to his office and he brings uh, this doctor and some girls up there, um, wants to pull the doctor in to chat with him. 
Uh, and he's saying, you know, that new stuff we've got my mom on, like, it's great. You know, not a single NASA astronaut has died of natural causes. Um, and the doctor sort of breaks this news to, to Jerry that like the lab results are not good. She's in the end game. A case like hers somehow comes are inevitable. Uh, enjoy your time with your mother. Tell her what you always, uh, you, you never had, uh, you never said before. This is not sit well with Dr. Not Dr. at all. This is, uh, Maybe the angriest we've seen, uh, seen Bus this whole series. Bus, you know, tries to keep himself calm all the time. Tries to laugh off everything. Tries to, uh, you know, make it make as if everything is fine. But this Looked was like a, a swan, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. This was a enraged Bus with being confronted with an inevitability that he's not prepared for and that he doesn't want to hear. He only wants to hear like what he wants to hear. Yeah. He's like, you know, I just built you a new hospital wing. This is your, this is your attitude. Um, and he's like, uh, he calls him Dr. No. He's like, if, you know, if it was up to you, planes wouldn't fly. No one would have run the four minute mile. Uh, he's like, this is the house that yes built. What do you look uh, And this is great. He kicks the guy out. And I think like, you know, in terms of like breaking the fourth wall, I thought this was like a really clever moment to have uh bus look back at the camera. Like, what are you looking at? And knock the camera down. Um, was like, that was crap. was crazy. Good. Like as if it yeah. was a reality show, like, you know, yeah. it's uh, that's the biggest, you know, biggest fourth walling I think we've had. And I like that, uh, that bus calls back to Roger Bannister in the four minute mile here, yeah. uh, you know, in the freeze frame from last episode where he tells us all about Roger Bannister. And it seems as if bus is mad that he can't like buy his mother's health. I mean the 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 your doctor no speech I think is like is I I just think it's like it's it's really good uh it, it tells you so much about uh Jerry Bus you know he's like this is the house that yes yes built your your doctor now I think it's I think it's really good um we see magic for the first time this episode he's in bed with two girls <laughs> he calls magic Cookie will never learn no and she's not there. And he's like, eh, as we're talking about yes, uh, last week, whether uh, this was a true story about Rhonda says, hey, Rhonda lost the baby and I have proof that it wasn't mine anyway. So what do you think that proof I, was? I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think he can have proof that it's not his baby. Yeah, I would have liked to see a some kind of scene between Magic and Rhonda, uh, you know, about this, this, this right. baby, uh, you know. It's interesting, you know, Cookie is pretty much just avoiding magic at all costs because we see, you know, as the friend tells magic, Cookie's not here. She's at class. And right after she hang up the phone, she's walking with Cookie, you know, away. So it's like, obviously, Cookie is just actively avoiding him, you know, with good reason. Yeah. I'm interested to see how much uh, closure we get, uh, like what, what closure looks like in terms of that storyline, uh, knowing that they didn't know if they would be renewed by the end of season one, um, where sort of they land with them. Um, with magic and, and cookie. Cause you'd think for the penultimate episode, there'd be a lot more in here that there, but there, there really wasn't. This is, this is about it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't really be surprised if like, you know, the, the creators of the show got like a kind of a, you, you know, you guys are probably yeah, going to yeah, come yeah. back for a season two. Like, I mean, it's a good shot even before you guys premiere. Uh, I don't want to guarantee it, but I think probably left room for more story in season two. I, I would be interested to see if like cookie pops up at the game uh mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. in the finals but who knows yeah uh so we meet with these uh these two employees who josh lamer knew a long time ago but i completely forgot their names uh and they're chatting with uh genie about her they say what are you doing your job is in the classifieds like this is your job which is really interesting like you would think it's somewhere i guess these two people have full-time jobs and maybe they're higher up than what this job would be um 
but uh, it's like, yeah, it needs, uh, you need to tell your dad you want it. Uh, she's saying, no, I, I, they need me at home. I'm helping grandma. And uh, if, if she, if he thought she should take the job, he would have said it and he'd say, no, that's bull. Um, this is where Jerry shows up. And is like, come on, we're going on a mission. We're going to kidnap grandma. Yeah. I think these two are named uh, <clears throat> from what I saw lawn and Linda, whatever yeah. that, that means. But uh, I, I think Jeannie is a little naive here. I think she knows her father and I think she knows that her father is not going to come out and say, Hey Jeannie, this is your job. I think she, should know that she has to take it herself and that you know her father's not going to really see her as this you know this businesswoman he's still gonna see her as his little genie beanie you know it's she has to kind of stand up and say what she wants well i think in some ways though like last i I think the conversations between genie and jesse i think part of what she's doing is like actually like you know she's doing it a bit for jesse as well which we'll get a conversation with them later that i think sort of absolves her of of that feeling that like um jesse is somebody who's telling her a lot like you know we have to be sort of like you know do a lot for these men um and and serve them in some you know in a way that like you know isn't great but we but we do it and so i think that like in some way genie is giving back to um jesse at a time when like you know she's nearing the end of her life um but uh yeah I think Jesse will then absolve her later of, of feeling compelled to do it for Jesse, maybe more so than that she feels like she's doing it for her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to break into a gate, uh, seeing this house. And uh, I love this. He's like, you've been rich for too long. Like we're never going to get in with you. You forgot how to be useful. It's like, yeah, I have people who do stuff for me now. And uh, they sit outside this pool. Uh, Jesse tells a story about how, Jerry would take his drawers off before they even, you know, got to the gate. He'd run and he'd have to chase, uh, he'd have to run from these Rottweilers that were chasing him. And uh, he says, yeah, being poor was a blast until it was time to eat. And she says, you know, we always had food. So, and uh, she, she reveals his tail, which is that his left eyebrow would twitch whenever he was bluffing. And we learned that Jeannie has never played cards. Uh, Jerry never taught her how to play cards. Jesse says, it's in bus women's like blood that we can play cards uh it was jesse who stopped playing with with jerry yeah i didn't like to see you cry and so jerry pulls out a deck of cards yeah so i, I you know i wish we could go back and be like have we ever seen uh buses eyebrow, eyebrow. twitch yeah and i'm wondering if it if if it wasn't in previous scenes maybe if, if it will be in a scene coming up maybe when he's talking to genie like maybe in the last episode where he's lying or he says something that's untrue his eyebrow raises and we get the flashback of Jesse saying that, you know, that's his tell. I think that's interesting, like, uh, you know, note to put into the episode for us to watch later. Um, so yeah, the, I, I could probably could have done without the story about, uh, bus dropping his pants and being chased <laughs> by dogs, trying to get his, uh, dingling as she called it. Yes. Yes. Um, I love the line here, like being poor is a blast until it's time to eat. It's like, yeah, that's very, yeah, I don't think that's totally true. <laughs> like, well, yeah. yeah. And uh, it seems, you know, it seems they had such a kind of a, interesting vagabond life before yeah. they struck it rich you know picking locks and going into you know to mansions you know unapproved and ha- having their time at the pool yeah. uh so it seems like it would be an interesting uh interesting error to call back to we haven't gotten any uh we haven't really got any flashbacks to young uh jerry bus in nope. this season yet so i think that would be an interesting thing to follow next season and maybe to mm-hmm. see sally field come back as a younger jesse mm-hmm. to have, give us a good shot of her coming back to the show because he was she was so good this season so i'd love to see her back next season and in just in the in that flashback capacity 
Yeah, we kind of moved away from the flashbacks. I thought that was going to be a pretty pivotal thing moving forward. We kind of thought maybe like focus episodes, and and we kind of got away from that a little bit, which I don't I don't mind. I don't think they needed to do that for every episode, but yeah, we left at the halfway point uh, mm-hmm. just about when we stopped getting flashbacks. But I think I think that was a good device to get us to know the main players in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've seen, I you know I was wondering if we would get a Claire flashback episode, but Claire has barely been involved this whole season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we got the right flashbacks for the right people for this season, and maybe they'll pick it up next season with uh, some other focus spotlight episodes on characters that didn't get it uh, this season. We've we only had ten episodes this season, so they had to they had to give us some driving plot at some point. Uh, so they decided to front load the end with with uh, with a lot of plot. I think uh, yeah. is what we got. Yep. Um, so then Jesse and Jeannie are having this conversation uh, alone later. I think Jerry's passed out um, and saying, you know, he's proud of you. Uh, she says, I know you don't know because he's really lousy at showing it. And Jeannie tells her about this job uh, that that has opened up. And uh, Jeannie says she has too much going on at the moment. And Jesse immediately realizes like, because of me. And she says, well, you won't have to wait too long anyway. And she says, don't let him make excuses. Um, Jesse has given a lot to men. Uh, it's hard to be out there all on your own. She fell on her ass a few times uh, and gave up. And Jesse says, Jeannie, you're you're better than 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 her. She's a good girl, but don't be too good. Yeah, I mean, you can you can tell that Jesse at this point pretty much knows that the end is very near, and mm-hmm. she wants to to get get the good stuff out to to Jeannie as soon as possible. Get the advice out. Don't you know? Go for what you want. Don't let your father or any other man like kind of lead you around be your own person if it kind of feels like is what she's saying here yeah for sure and there's one thing about like it's sort of absolving her of of having to look after her like go and go and do what you want to do you know yeah why is why is genie in charge of taking care of grandmother i mean we could probably hire three of three nurses to watch Jeannie, like, no Gina. because bus bus is weird with the nurses <laughs> oh so, uh, yeah he may I, I, we got no follow-up nope, to none. the nurse situation last episode we didn't see the nurses episode. we nope. didn't get any you know any mention of it at all which was weird i think uh, yeah. if you're not going to to bring that storyline back or touch on it at all i just wish you wouldn't have we wouldn't have had it you know what i, I mean? know because again i think this episode like jerry is pretty he's back into like I think you're supposed to empathize with him. And it's like, it's really hard to do like uh, an episode after he literally assaults a woman. So yeah, he's supposed no. to be a sympathetic character here, but it, it brings as not as full as it could be if we didn't get that scene last episode. Mm-hmm. So Jerry has a meeting with Jack um, and uh, he says, yeah, I have all the time in the world until I get my whistle back. Jack asks if he's going to have a word with bus. Uh, Jack says he's ready for the playoffs. Um, and uh, Jerry says, yeah, I know, like, not up to me. You know, I'm supposed to retire, but I'm untangling all these knots. Um, and uh, Pat watches uh, uh, Jack leave the office. Yeah. And this this uh, this show is really good at taking us from one extreme to another and how we're supposed to feel about these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, last episode, I was like, Jack is an ass. Yep. I hate Jack. I don't like yep. Jack. Jack, this episode, I feel really <laughs> sorry for him. And I, you know can see that he really wants it but he's not ready for it but i'm you know i'm really sympathetic to him yeah um so i think the the following this is jack uh actually pat said or uh sorry jerry says like you know how to get out of here right he's like yep and so uh jack's sort of talking to himself as he's walking through uh, uh the forum and he's like yeah i think i pushed too hard you know that you know that's it and 
he then realizes he's lost, which actually that was a neat callback to episode one when like uh, a Jerry bus and magic are walking through and he like, he, de- he pretends to get lost, I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being lost in the form, perhaps it's not the easiest uh, place to navigate through, but uh, yeah, Jack is, is very lost and perhaps not has his, doesn't have his entire mental capacity. Yeah. He seems to get uh, debilitating headaches. He falls to the ground and a uh, good old Maurice uh, yeah. comes, out, comes out of the, out of the nowhere it's like hey what's uh what's going on what's up yeah. uh jack's like, i can't can you show me where the exit is he's like, it's right there man <laughs> yeah there it is i love a good maurice uh maurice cameo when yeah. i can get him um so then uh jerry wakes up there this is the morning they're still seemingly at the bowl they all passed out uh he's definitely hung over jesse says yeah you still pass out first and uh jesse says what if i just like stay here i'll just haunt this place <laughs> and and jerry's like i could just buy the place i'd probably buy it real cheap uh and she says you always have a habit of following your heart um she hates it about him and uh says well maybe just jealous um and they hug and jesse says she hasn't seen that smile in a very long time bus wipes away some tears and he says well stick around uh you'll see us win this whole thing and then you can see it again um and uh, she asks us makes him promise and then uh that's when then genie wakes up yeah very very like this scene and the genie scene, uh, some of the best stuff of the episode for Jesse. Uh, you know, the, the fact that Jesse is admitting to the fact that she may be just a little jealous of how Bus is living his life and how he's, you know, he's just out there trying to to make his dreams come true rather than working, you know, working like Jesse did mm-hmm. uh, is a very interesting thing to see. And uh, very, I think something that maybe Bus needed but didn't know he needed to hear from his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, before she goes so you know jesse's out here trying to uh <laughs> trying to right all wrongs before she uh passes over to the next life yeah it's funny because this um this basketball thing is like the thing that like he actually kind of has to work for it's like the thing that Auerbach is sort of telling him earlier in the season of like this isn't going to be fun all the time like it's going to be hard work and so that that th- this like you know lesson sort of from jesse um is, is sort of you know um ties into the the basketball i mean the show is about the lakers right um but that this thing that he's actually gonna have to work quite hard for in this episode he's pushing away from from wanting to actually like work at the basketball thing like it feels maybe a little bit silly to be like basketball is hard work you know like but whatever that's this is the show we're choosing to watch and so yeah he's like i don't want to make the decision about which coach to hire and yet ultimately it will be up to to him to try and to, to actually make that decision right yeah, I mean, it was interesting seeing last episode where Jack and Paul and Pat were all fighting. I think I mentioned even last yeah. episode, like, well, it's not really up to you guys <laughs> in yeah. the end in the first place. Yeah. And that kind of uh, came to 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 be in this episode. Yeah. And so uh, Jeannie wakes up, asks if uh, she's ready to go. And she's like, yeah, if my boss finds out she's she got arrested, she might get fired. And Jerry tries to wake up Jesse only for her not to wake up. Yeah, John C. Riley played this very well throughout the rest of this episode. Uh, just it's kind of a different side of Bus, uh, expressing his grief and expressing just how sad he was. Yeah, um, we see West making a pros and cons list. He says he has shit store Shakespeare and limping effing Napoleon. Uh, <laughs> what a decision! Uh, Pat says he can't be thinking about giving the team back to McKinney. They found him downstairs. He was lost. Uh, Paul said, I noticed he had poor memory before, but he thought he had been better by now. Uh, 
Paul can't say anything to to Jack or to 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 uh, Jerry West. Uh, his friend won't speak to him, but at least he can look in the mirror and know that he did his job. And Pat says, "Well, fine, I'll go tell him." And uh, he, and then he can do it. We do with it what he wants. But Pat can't muster up uh, to go tell um, Jerry West either. And he says, "We did everything right. That ought to be enough. F them all." Uh, and then we see Jerry West saying, "F me." <laughs> Was it was was am I a bad guy for being like yeah I totally would have told <laughs> would have told West right here. Uh, no, I no you're not a bad guy. I think I would have too, right? Like yeah. I mean you would you kind of hope that like maybe somebody else could could do it so it doesn't you know you don't have to be the person who did it be, like seemingly because you also have a vested interest in keeping the job, but also like it's probably not good for Jack to have been the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, right? Like yeah, he's in I, that I bad I, shape. I, I, I'm doing this for Jack, not for me. I'm telling right. on Jack for, for 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 him for his own self-interest, not for yeah. make sure I get my job back. It was yeah. uh, it was good to see with uh, Pat and Paul as they've had like a couple of really tense episodes, uh, last episodes for them to kind of fall back into kind of a comedic type of role here. Like they had a lot of good mm-hmm. fun scenes in their little office as they are, you know, trying to figure out whether or not Jack's gonna get hired or not. Um, so yeah, it was a you know it was a good change from the last couple episodes where Pat and Paul were kind of fighting with each other and fighting with Jack and having these really intense conversations uh, just to see them kind of be buds again and uh, and talk about all the nonsense going on with Jack possibly getting the job back. Yeah, I agree. They're 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 a fun little uh, duo uh, in the show. Um, unfortunately, we find out Jesse had had a stroke um, and basically she's on a ventilator and they do you know can decide whether to keep her alive uh, or not. So that will, that will loom over the rest of um, the episode. Certainly we get the last game of the regular season. We learn a win. will lock in the top seed and uh, Bill and Jerry West are talking about Jesse. Like, wow, some bad timing. Um, Bill thanks him for helping with the decision and says, you know, seems like you're pretty good at this. You might want to think about a front office position. And West says, it feels more like a hangman's chair. The winner gets a shot at the title and the loser gets a pain in the neck. And Bill tells a story about, like marrying his wife and heading off to the Navy. And once a week they put on a game, anything, basketball, baseball, whatever, whatever was on. Um, and they crowd into this bunker and watch. There's like a bunch of kids playing hide and seek with death in the face of all that. How could anyone think about one effing game? He says, then it hit him. How could you not? Yeah. I mean, even, uh, even Bill Sharma gets some love this episode with a, yeah. an intense uh, kind of monologue. I uh, like the gravitas that was brought to the scene and, you know, it was, uh, it's impressive, you know, saying you know it's just a game but at the same time it's something that we really need and it's something that you know is still important even though it's a game that we played as children it it still can provide some levity in times of of sadness and times of in times of you know war and we don't know whether or not we're going to get killed the next day but we're so worried about this freaking game but it's something that took their mind off of the horror and the pain of war yeah i mean i cover sports over on rob as a podcast and you know, uh, basically every episode I'm like, you know, we have a guest on, I, I want to hear their like sports history, their sports fandom. It's so intertwined in, in our cultural, but in our culture. Um, but that's the thing I, I love about it is like, it is this escape. It's like, you know, I love baseball so much. It's this stupid little game where they try to hit a ball with the bat, you know, but it means a lot to me just from like, you know, how it can shape like my relationships with people and, you know, the memories I have and, and whatever. So like, yeah, I, I love this speech from Bill being like, how could you not, how can you not? you know, think about anything other than this game. 
It's great. Yeah, I think I think in the roles that you know West and Bus and Bill have right now, it's easy to kind of forget that because you're so focused on the business yeah. side of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, this is like this is a thing we we get to do. We get to focus on this game made for children, but we may take it a little too seriously at times. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So West and Bus meet, uh, ask how uh, his mother is doing. Not well, brings him some flowers. And, um, you know, <laughs> Bus says, are you going to postpone the playoffs? Probably not. It's like, then tell me who my coach is. And um, he starts to like maybe say, and then he's like, you know what? I feel pretty lucky that I'm not you. Uh, there's no right or wrong answer. Whichever, whichever way you go, no one can fault you. Uh, he'll have his 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 back on that. Uh, Bus says, when did I become the executioner? Don't I have employees for this? And he says, well, actually, you're giving one of them the gift of life, unless they crap out and lose to the Celtics. <laughs> and uh, Bus is like, you don't even have a hint. You can't tell me. And uh, Wes is great. He's like, well, what got you this far? You're richer than 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 he is. Uh, you must have a gut, an instinct. And Bus says, I follow my heart. He says, well, which way is it beaten this time? I think Wes is taking this kind of position just to kind of make himself at ease. Because he knows if if he if yeah. he makes this decision, it's it is going to haunt West through the ups and the downs. West is going to go through the ups and the downs with it. We saw earlier in the season that he is just his mind is not like built for this. Like he's so yeah. emotional about it, yeah. but he's taking the stance as like, no, I'm not going to let you do this to me. He's kind of learned a little bit not to uh, not to succumb to the to the basketball of it all. And as far as Bus is concerned. You know, this is this isn't the fun part. Like when when he when he took this responsibility, he thought it'd be all about you know the girls, you know the accolades, the championships, what he the celebrity of it all. You know, not the like the bureaucracy bureaucracy of dealing with firings and hirings. You know, that's like kind of evidenced by the fact that when he first came on and West was the coach, he's like, "Hey, I got you, Magic. You take care of the rest of it. Like, I don't want to have to deal with any of this." crap nonsense. i want to watch a fun team everything else you you deal with it, you know? right but now all of a sudden yeah. he's like he's in charge of finding like his fourth or fifth head coach of the season yeah and i'm sure that's not what he was planning on he was planning on west wearing the team and just kind of sitting back and and i think all like they don't really touch on this but like yeah he does need to like have a team that can make it through the the, the playoffs right so that he can uh, be making some of his money because it seems like he's not in a great financial situation uh, at the moment. Although he does not um, stop spending like he's in a bad financial situation. Well, he doesn't seem to worry about the financials most no, of the time. That's like he, Frank's job. Well, he got a little taste of like, I'm not going to break even, but in all in all, he's probably thinks that he, whatever he, situation he can get, he can get, he gets himself into, he can get himself out by talking True. himself his way through it. True. Um, all right. Well, we'll talk through the rest of the episode after we take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. So <laughs> I'm laughing at my own notes. We see McKinney on a stationary bike, which I have in brackets. Maybe not a good idea. To be, I mean, or no, I think it's actually a good idea. Well, yeah, that's, what, that's what you should bike. be on. That's no, I know. Yes. <laughs> yes. I misread my note. It's a great idea to be on a stationary bike. Well, unless bike. they are in LA, what if they get an earthquake and the, bike, and the bike tumbles over it's true. while he's riding it? You just can't uh, win on these bikes. Yeah. Um, McKinney doesn't look great. Uh, sort of ex- pretty exhausted. And Cranny comes in and goes, Jack, where do we live? And this is, uh, as referenced earlier, we find uh, the phone book uh, page in his pocket. Uh, he had went for a jog and he forgot where he lived. 
Um, and he's saying, I can't give up. Um, he even accuses uh, Cranny. I mean, like, I think you like it when I'm sick. You like needing me or that, that like, you know, I need you. She chucks water at him, which is, uh, that's great. Um, and then she goes on this ranch. She's like, who packed up the boxes every time you got a job? Who has to tell the boys while well, you stay the hero? Um, she stayed up in the hospital every night to pound his chest when he, when it stopped beating and she did not do it for the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Can you imagine like, you know, back in the late seventies, early eighties, when you're in the hospital, like you have to have someone there to pound on your chest, pound, your heart beating. smack your chest in case you stop <laughs> breathing. Brilliant. Yeah. I liked, I like the insight into, you know, the coach's wife role of everything and how much work goes into that. You know, uh, you know, not just coach wife, but players wives, you know, I have to deal with some of the same stuff and, you know, bad, bad move on Jack. I know Jack is, uh, you know, in a sick way, but that's like spouse one-on-one. Like, you don't yep. say that kind of stuff. Like, uh, yeah. like, you know, you, you're just happy that you're needed for once. He for says, she's all. like for once, like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And, and these scenes of Jack, like having these headaches and having like this, the dizzy spells are really like the the cinematography of it does well to kind of portray that and like he's barely like hanging on kind of on the inside even even if he's trying to put on a brave face yeah uh, you know it's it's a it's a good portrayal of it yeah i think uh, we talked about uh gillian jacobs earlier i i think julianne nicholson i believe is her name mm-hmm. um who plays um cranny here uh is tremendous i know from mayor of east which i believe she won a, an emmy for uh, in a supporting role she's really great and i believe she is going to be playing weird yeah weird al yankovic's mom in the weird al yankovic uh is it a movie uh i can't remember if it's a movie or tv show upcoming a movie um, it's kind of like a biopic of weird yeah. al right yeah yeah, <laughs> That's yeah it's called weird she's gonna play uh weird al's mom which is tremendous um so the doorbell rings and jack goes to deliver it and jerry like jokingly is like special delivery for jack mckinney like good to see you and we just get like the viewpoint from jack he's very confused he can't he doesn't know that it's jerry and he's yelling for crazy like can you come sign for this and um bus is pretending like jack clearly didn't recognize him like that he's he's joking um and then he's like you know what like this is just for you come by in the morning we'll work out this whole thing and very clearly uh, Buss has realized that he has made the wrong decision because Jack uh, is, is not mentally ready to probably come back. He does off tell him no bike riding. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a fun scene for uh, for Bus to kind of play this off and kind of skulk away as fast as he can. Like, oh, this was a bad move. Let me get away from here as fast as I can because obviously I have misread the situation. Just like Homer back into the bushes. Like, <laughs> yeah. nope, uh, wrong, wrong choice. Yeah. Uh, could not peel away fast enough in that car. Yeah. So uh, Bill visits with Bus. It's the right call. A bus meets with Jack and then with Pat and Paul. Uh, when he's meeting with Pat and Paul, he's opening him a, a, a pack of cigarettes. He's so slow. And he's like, can you get us to the promised land? And Paul's like, yeah, there's no bad blood with Jack. Like, yeah, we can stay on and help out. And he's like, no, not with Jack. And uh, Pat says, yes, we've got it. Uh, Paul says, yes, absolutely. And Jerry tells him, well, don't F it up. And uh, Jerry leaves and then Pat and Paul, again, I think this like, they're very funny together. They want to celebrate, but they don't want to be like celebrating too loudly in the office. It's, it's, it's very, it's very, very good. Yeah. I would have, I feel like we were missing a little something in the scene. Uh, Cause it feels like this was at the same time as Jack was meeting with Bill. I'm sure with mm-hmm. Bill telling Jack that, you know, it wasn't going to be Jack leading the team. I wish you could have seen 
Jack being told that. I wish we could have mm-hmm. seen Jack maybe seeing Pat and Paul celebrating. Yes. And being like, uh, you know, I, I just would have liked to see that moment with Jack to see that. And I hope we get some sort of resolution for Jack and Paul before the end. Uh, maybe after, you know, if they win it all, maybe we see Jack and Paul meet up saying, you know, maybe you were right or something like that. I, I just hope we haven't seen the last of Jack. I want to get a little more closure there. Um, but yeah, this Pat and Paul celebrating was, was uh, a right bit of fun there. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I think the thing that like Jack doesn't get the job back. And I, again, I think that like, you know, based off the show's portrayal, like, I don't know about the real life situation. Like he's clearly not, does not have the mental ability to like uh, coach, coach this team and, and, and be under that high level stress situation. Again, fire that doctor who passed him. But I think that like the solace that they might be able to to give Jack at the end of the season is like, it was your plan that worked. Like you weren't ready to do it, but like whenever you're ready to come back, like your plan worked, you, you, you proved it. Like, uh, you know, this whole thing of like, if it doesn't work with the best team, it just won't work at all. And, um, you know, perhaps not in LA, no, it won't be in LA. And I actually don't know if Jack goes on to coach, uh, further after this, but it is his strategy, uh, you know, and the sh- you know even like funnily enough, like we're talking about the show that is a depiction of the Showtime Lakers. Like Jack gets credit. Like it's not like he goes down in history as like without getting credit for like this system working. Like this, the, I'm assume the book and then the show is like Jack McKinney is the guy who innovated this. Paul then took it, which like I mean is kind of somewhat to like Jerry's point before of like you know I don't know how many people people would know Jack or Paul, uh, if you're like a very casual uh, basketball yeah, I, fan. I didn't before the show. I right. Didn't. But, uh, yeah. you know, to his point, uh, Jerry's point, the previous episode about like, you know, running the four minute mile. Like, you remember the second guy who did it? Like, no. And this show very clearly like does give credit to Jack. So I don't know if he goes on to coach, but, you know, perhaps yeah. that is some solace. Yeah. You would, you would hope that if the Lakers do win it all, that Jack would get a ring. I'm sure Jack, I'm sure if you gave Jack that ring, Jack would be like, whatever. Like, it's a ring, but it's not like, a ring i wanted like this isn't the way that i wanted it yeah um but yeah in the real life uh jack mckinney does go on to coach uh the pacers Pacers. for four years and it was told that he still had a lot of mental issues while he was coaching Mm. uh there was a story told that the players had to write their names on their sneakers so that jack would remember who they were oof Uh, so yeah he he would coach but it wasn't he won coach of the year though so you know something's in there. You know it's working yeah, a little but bit. But he may yeah. he may have been propped up a lot. You know who knows? Yeah, fair. Yeah, who's his assistant in in, in Indiana? It's not Paul. Is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not Paul. Uh, apparently he's hired at the recommendation of Jerry Buss. But all of this for perhaps a season two uh, of the show. Um, yeah, let's see Jack come back and face the team and, and still yeah, that see, would be fun to still see a little bit of that uh, those issues come up uh, that we kind of <laughs> kind of get hinted at. Um, in that in the in these scenes here we'll chat about next week i'm the most interested in sort of a show like this that's so bio picky of like um you know what happens to to actors who are like especially big name actors or people who like were breakouts from the season um it'll be a little bit unfortunate to to you know if they're not around and if they're big enough names like might not be interested in the cameo uh stuff so um certainly we could have some season two speculation next week um so we found out it's the playoffs uh we see you know they're playing well nixon lobs it to cooper 
Uh, the Lakers are besting the Suns, and they do beat them, so they will face off against Seattle, who they lost to the previous year. Um, Magic's putting up articles uh, in in his locker about Bird, perhaps to give him some uh, inspiration to keep playing well and you know get to the finals potentially against Bird. Um, we see Haywood with his baby, um, uh, and and we see him helping Kareem score um, in, in the playoffs. Um, I mean, this is counterposed with bus in the hospital with his mom. Um, and, and we do find out that the Lakers beat Seattle. So we, we zoom right through the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. Me too. Um, in the montage of the basketball game, we see, you know, magic and Kareem hugging with the, you know, this time Kareem's actually happy to be hugging magic. It's uh, very nice. It's great. You know, Kareem says magic made him believe. So we have, we've, uh, we've kind of, uh, and big in the heart of the Grinch, it seems like a little bit during the mm. season of uh, for Kareem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was a it's a fun, fun little montage, kind of like you said, uh, you know, imposed with some tragedy. I thought Ted Lasso invented the believe uh, slogan for sports. Are you a Ted Lasso fan? I am a Ted Lasso fan. Yeah, they uh, invented is... the word believe for sports, I believe. So well, yeah, well, this I is believe. the eighties, so they did it first. So uh, I don't know if that's true. Ted Lasso came out before Winning Time. Well, no, well, no, but this is a historically accurate uh, depiction, according to Jerry West. Yeah, but most um, people don't know this: that Ted Lasso takes place in 1856. Oh, that makes tons mm-hmm. of sense without mm-hmm. Ted Lasso acts and talks. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I made a joke, and I'm going to like lean into the the saddest scene ever. Uh, this is where they are. They do decide to turn off the ventilator uh, for for Jesse. Uh, Jerry can't even stay in the room. Uh, he, he leaves, and uh, Jeannie gets on the bed next to uh, her grandmother um, and sort of holds her, um, and and she passes away. Yeah, I found that that interesting for sure. Where Bus is like sobbing and running out of the room. Meanwhile, Jeannie is kind of being like strong and staying yeah. there with her grandmother. Kind of tell, kind of goes back to that conversation that, that Jesse and Jeannie had, like of being strong and mm-hmm. being, you know, being that person while, while, you know, Jeannie's there and she's holding it together while Buss is like just sobbing and running out of the room. Yeah. Uh, Understandably, yeah. but, you know. Yeah. Um, and then we also, we it's, this is overlaid with like the announcer chick being like, yeah, Dr. Buss must be out there beaming just as bright as Magic Johnson. Um brutal um more of haywood with his with his baby and then we find out it's three days to the finals philly beats boston um someone in the room is like oh dang i really wanted to be be i really wanted to play boston it's like well you must be a dumbass yeah and um i think another good use uh, again of the breaking the fourth wall we get birds staring in the camera camera and he's like same time next year asshole and magic's like you know it they talk yeah. about Bird being disappointed, but he had a great series, probably the front runner to win Rookie of the Year. But Kareem says, "Don't worry, if we win it all, you'll get your due." Yeah, um, yeah, I think Kareem coming through and, and telling Magic this, you know, is is more evolution to their relationship. I think before Kareem would have been like, "Don't worry about those, you know, those accolades. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just do just do you and be who you are. Be be you know." be a good basketball player but he's he's kind of warmed up the magic he's like you'll get your due don't worry about it i will i will be interested to see if uh dr j does play a you know a big role again um in the finals as they're playing the sixers again um mm-hmm. you know and he's part of that team so I, i'm looking forward to seeing him again yep me um, too as that that relationship was left a little icy a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. um yeah but i i like 
you know, I like the I, I like the kind of cliffhanger of the bird of it all. Like, I'll see you next year. Uh, maybe like another like, I'll see you next season. Like, because mm-hmm. they're, they're probably going to go at it again next season. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know when they play in the finals. They definitely play in the finals at some point. Um, so um, you want to walk through the, the rest of the episode here? Uh, yeah, so we we get the scene where uh, you know they're all in the they're all watching the game. We get the conversation between Kareem and Magic, and then Maurice walks in, says, uh, "Hey, Cap, we got a situation out here." Um, so Kareem goes into the hallway and he sees Haywood there, and obviously Haywood is is pretty pretty high and pretty messed up on drugs. Uh, he admits to Kareem that you know he he messed up, he, he really messed up. He says he's sorry, he he effed up, and everyone kind of comes in and, and sees Haywood, you know, and sees what has happened. Uh, so we get a shot of uh, Kareem telling the team, like, so we can admit Haywood into rehab. Um, and he's told us, you know, he, he told me he, he promises to keep clean through the finals. And everyone you kind of kind of gives a, yeah, sure. OK. Yeah. I mean, he did kind of promise you to be clean like to now. So yeah, Kareem was like one shot. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, how much we can take his word on this. Uh, so we get a, a little powwow between Pat and Paul. And uh, Pat says, you know, we kind of we, we really need him, you know, without him. Kareem's going to take a lot more pounding, a lot more hits, uh, you know, and we get a couple other teammates talking about how much they need Haywood to take on uh, a couple of the, the Sixers teams that are big guys and they need a really physical player. Uh, Silk says, you know, they can't throw him to the Wolves. And Nixon says that, you know, he remarks that Haywood, you know, is selfish and, you know, he's weak for doing this because, you know, he talks all this stuff about brotherhood. But, you know, at the end, he was just he was just a weak guy who succumbed to the to to this drug and you know if he stays around it's only going to make them weaker uh the only only real dialogue norm gets this episode which uh mm-hmm. you know i would like more norm but same whatever. uh so cream asks magic what he thinks magic says well i, I really want to win, win a ring you know I, I feel bad i feel bad for the guy he says but you know someone once told me that winning this league takes being hard uh kind of throwing cream's uh words back in his face a little bit uh paul says you know Paul, which, you know, kind of surprised me, and I think it's probably more of a fictionalization of it, tells the team, well, you know, this is is up to you guys. This is a team decision, so we're going to have a team vote. (laughs) Which, you know, thinking about it in real-world terms, like, that would never, like, really be a thing, I don't think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I read that, like, it's because he he passed out at practice, which he does do in this episode, but it doesn't seem to be, like, the total impetus for him being benched, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, but... in, in the real life of it all, this all happened in the finals. Right. Uh, and from what I read, Haywood didn't play much in the first two games of the finals because he was obviously uh, suffering from being high and all that stuff. And by the third game, he got to this fight at practice and was suspended after that. Right. Uh, so that's the real world of it all. Um, so back in the show, <laughs> they, the team is taking a vote. Uh, and we we don't really get a good indication of what the vote is at first. Like you know, there's a lot of uh, who is for cutting Haywood, who is for not. We get Magic, uh, Norm, and a couple others voting to uh, to cut Haywood, and uh, a few others voting to keep him. Um, so yeah, it was uh, we we don't know what the outcome is, but we the next scene we get is Kareem meeting Haywood in the locker room. Uh, so Haywood first remarks, uh, so are the, the white folks still white folking? Um, basically meaning, you know, are they still trying to decide my fate? Haywood is telling Kareem about his time in, uh, growing up in Mississippi. And he comes from a family of, of sharecroppers. And basically it was basically the same thing as slaves in his mind. Uh, and, you know, he was born on the same dirt as pigs and chickens. 
talks about how when he was born, he had an extra bone in his fingers. And his aunt said that, you know, because of that, he's going to do great things. Um, he also talks about the the field boss who, uh, you know, we've seen throughout the whole episode of, hey, we're getting these visions of the seemingly uh, white guy whistling all the time. We, right. we find out it was, you know, as Haywood refers to him as high yellow, which means he was, uh, you know, African-American, but probably mixed with something else. Uh, and he says, you know, you would think that he was, wouldn't be worse than a white, white person, but he was. He said he used to whistle with his pinkies all the time in his mouth. And, you know, that would every time he whistled, that would make their backs bend. And he says that was the first real sound he ever heard. Uh, he says when Quinn, who is the the field boss, uh, saw you know his aunt and his mother fussing over over Haywood when he was a baby about his long fingers, uh, Quinn would remark that you know he's going to make a real special cotton picker. And he tells a story about how his mom used to tell tell them you know God love us like uh, you know pretty much saying God loves us you know black people because you know we gave you these this gift of these fingers. And Haywood after some time says you know I, I got got a gumption to ask. He's like so. So then why are we on the bottom if he loves us so much? Why is it everywhere you see a brown face, there are tears? If he loves us so much, then why? Why are we on the bottom? His mom says that God loves the whites more. That's why. Haywood says he doesn't know if there is a God, but he does know there is a them. Uh, and they are the same ones deciding his fate right now. And he will wait for the whistle. Uh, that is, that's when Kareem drops the bomb on him that, you know, actually, you know, it was a team vote. Uh, you know, Haywood gets very distraught about this, and you know, and he's you know, he says, you know, I appreciate you, Kareem, for everything you tried to do. Um, you know, because Haywood at this point thinks that Kareem is an advocate for him, he's fighting for him, he's fighting for him to stay on the team. And Kareem says, actually, I was the deciding vote. It was interesting, he never he never outright told Haywood that he was kicked off the team, but I, I think no. Haywood pretty much could read the tea leaves, could read Kareem's body language. Yeah. Uh, so, and this, 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 when Kareem tells him that he was a deciding vote, he gets really enraged. Like he, he, you can tell he's just trying to contain his rage at, at the moment. He throws a chair, he hits the wall and he just kind of runs off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, you know, this scene is, is particularly heartbreaking because it's, it's Haywood trying to, you know, connect with Kareem about, you know, their kind of shared plight as as these black men trying to live in this world that is ruled by the white man and then just to feel that kind of betrayal that he feels once he finds out that kareem and his other teammates most of who are are black people themselves have kind of dealt this death blow to his career and to the possibility of him getting a ring uh so that's you know and i really was impressed with uh solomon hughes uh, who plays kareem uh, in the series and how he can he can be so expressive without speaking yeah like I, call, I i talk i've been talking on poster recaps a lot about good face acting uh this is good face acting this, yeah this he, he, can, he can speak a lot without without saying anything without much dialogue yeah um so yeah that was very very prevalent here and you know it's it, it's a heartbreaking scene and the monologue given by wood harris is uh deep and it's strong and it's, in my mind, you know, Emmy worthy. Uh, one of the many Emmy worthy, uh, you know, monologues here in this episode alone. Yeah. Uh, just so you could feel the the pain and the you know, 
and the kind of he's trying he's trying to he's trying to build a camaraderie with Kareem at the same time as he's trying to express these feelings he's having, and then to find out that Kareem was the one who, you know, is the one that pretty much kicks him off the team is heartbreaking here. Yeah, I feel like he's telling this this story too to basically, you know, I mean, he's talking about like the people who are deciding his fate, but also like this is the pressure he's sort of felt his whole career. He was the you know the person to act up, uh, uh, sort of stand up to like you know not have to go to college and sue uh, the NBA, and he's been like passed around a lot. I mean, he says <clears throat> when when Pat wants to trade him, right? Like um, he invokes like you know the slave trade then too, right? Like you're gonna you're just gonna trade me. Just been, this has just been like building um for him and i think that you know the immediate result of of him having that confrontation with pat is him going to like find the drugs at his shoe right um all that pressure is like resulting in him like i think there's also a lot here that's like how can how can you know they they blame me for the way that like yeah i'm making like these choices like he doesn't say it but like the reason he's making this choice is because it's like hard to be a black man who you know uh in the NBA, you know, uh, to be a professional athlete, to be, uh, you know, play under all of these, these, these women. I think this scene is just like incredibly powerful and it's, it's juxtaposed with like Kareem being the one to say like, actually it, it's me who, who, you know, thinks it's, it's better if you're not on the team, like you need to go get, you need to go get help and, and, you know, uh, you're off the team. The scene is, is so incredibly, incredibly powerful. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful and very, you know, evocative of, of the time. And I think probably a little of, of what was actually happening there in that time, even though in the real time, it wasn't Kareem that uh, decided it, it was, you know, this is a, I think a good direction for the story to take. Um, and especially given that earlier in the season, we had this, all this, uh, this love between Kareem and Haywood, all the conversation they had earlier about all the things they've done in the league for the league, for the other players in the league and now for the other players in the league to do this to Haywood must feel, you know, particularly, um, you know, as a betrayal to Haywood, even though, you know, hey, different factors have gotten Haywood to this position. Mm-hmm. Some of it, you know, most of it on him, but yeah, you know, it was, it was a very powerful scene, very good scene. Uh, probably one of the best scenes of the season. Uh, yeah. Something I'll remember for a long time. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the how the um a lot of this stuff like the Kareem Haywood and then the stuff where it's like Kareem and and Magic like a lot of this stuff has been like some of for me it's been some of like the 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 best stuff I've seen on on TV uh this year and I've watched a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Um it's like I think that sometimes the show is not meeting the uh, meeting those moments all the time um like i think some of the other writing and stuff has been a little bit sloppy but whoever is writing this stuff like yeah can we can we parse it out and give that person the, the emmy for just like this storyline of the show we need to, like break down the emmys more of like you know not just best series like yeah who wrote this scene in particular i mean um, my my guess would be it was like rodney barnes who is like who actually cameos as maurice right um you know it just it feels authentic um, and you know, for a show that is dealing with a lot of uh, black issues, there are a lot of white creators and writers uh, and executive yes. producers on this show. Uh, but Rodney Barnes is is a black man who you know uh, you can feel his voice at times. I think in these episodes and in these scenes, particularly, um, and like like we've said, there's a lot of like scenes we feel we miss sometimes. But these are the moments here that they hit and they hit hard and they hit well and. Agreed. That makes all the other little scenes we wish we could have gotten 
uh, worth missing those to get these. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, really good. Well, stuff. I, worth missing, but also at the same time, like, kind of like, uh, like, if, wow, if you can write stuff like that, how come, how come you're missing it over here? You know, this is the yeah. same show. So in some ways it's like a detriment to itself that it's, it's, the, you know, some of this stuff is so good that you're like, I want the whole thing to be like that, but it just can't match up. But yeah, That's this has been great. all the time. Yeah. Uh, so the next scene we get, uh, we find out we're one day to the finals. Uh, Magic is in the is in the, on the court practicing Kareem's skyhook, and Kareem walks in. Kareem says, uh, "That's no skyhook." Uh, Magic says, "Well, well, then show me uh, how you want me to do it." Magic says, uh, "To master the skyhook, not Magic. Sorry, Kareem says to master the skyhook, you have to comprehend the discipline of isolation." And he has uh, Magic try to play some D on him. Kareem says, "When you are when you are the big man, everyone wants everybody wants to be see you, and the skyhook shuts them out." and turns your body into a wall and they can't see your face which means they can't predict you so when you're good and ready you can leave their world behind and elevate above it until you are totally alone and all they get to do is watch uh magic says uh some kind of poet or something <laughs> and then kareem starts showing him the actual hand movements and everything to try and master the mechanics of the skyhook i wish Great this scene. scene i wish this scene was a little earlier in the episode yeah that's fair and i but wish I think... that the kareem and Haywood scene ended the episode. Uh, that's fair, but I think also the re magic realizes that without Haywood, he's going to need to, um, he's he's going to be in a position where he's going to be a little bit more properly physical. Like that's Haywood's role on the team. It seems like, so I feel like this is in here now because magic is like, oh, I need to do a little bit of what like Haywood and and Kareem were doing. Is the sense that I get, but. Yeah, that's true. He's going to be crowded in the post, which means he's going to be triple teamed a lot, kind of like Kareem is, and there's going to be no one there to really kind of uh, take the heat off of him. Right, but like, I don't know. Could you? Could they have? You, you could write it in a way that, like, kind of worry about whether Haywood's going to be around, so you have Magic practicing yeah, the skyhook, and then you they, end they the episode have, with they, the actual conversation. You can write it in a different way. Yeah, they know? just could have had Magic wanting to wanting to practice yeah. the skyhook for just to, to figure. And it then out. it comes in. You're like, oh, now he actually has to use it. it is one of the ways to write yeah. this, right? Um, but I love, I love this scene. Um, it, I think again, um, matching like what's happening, like like this little thing that's happening in the show that so well reflects a character. The fact that he's saying like, yeah, on your own time, you can leave the world behind. Like you are totally and completely alone, which Kareem is a very aloof man. You know, he's quiet. Uh, he's stoic. He like, you know, okay, bring me, bring me a uh, orange juice and a paper. And then, I'm going to try the orange juice and be like, no. And he like sits in his room alone, you know, like he, he's very like, you know, he's often meditating this stuff. I, I think it's just like, it says so much about Kareem that like, this is the thing he's good at and why he figured out how to be good at it. Cause it reflects his personality. It, it's, I think the scene is great. Yeah. It reflects his philosophy of, I was kind of gotten into this Zen meditation space, how he's kind of isolated and alone and he's gotten to a place above everyone else where it, you could, you kind of like above all the noise, above all the garbage, I'm here above everyone else looking down uh, just kind of shows you where he sees himself and where he's at. He's all alone. He's isolated. And that's where he wants to be. That's where he feels he can be himself. Mm -hmm. So last, last scene of the yeah. episode was, it was, was quite a doozy. Uh, we get Haywood knocking on someone's door. Uh, this really sketchy guy comes out and Haywood asks, uh, so you, you still have your, your Magnum? Uh, and the guy says, "Yeah, man, yeah, anything for you. Would love to do that for you. Who you want me to? Who you, who you want me to kill?" Uh, hey, was says, "I want you to kill the Lakers." <laughs> so, dun, dramatic. Dun, dun. so dramatic. So you know, first 
first glance of the scene, I was like, oh, this is this is a little like a little hacky, a little jump the sharky. This is a weird thing to do in this fictionalized show, blah, blah, blah. But I look deeper into it, right? Apparently, mm-hmm. this is taken from like real life. Yep. Uh, you know, semi-spoiler for real life. After Haywood gets suspended, he gets into deep discussions about hiring a someone that he knows to kill Paul Westhead. Now, obviously, it did not happen. Uh, I think that would have been a bigger story if that had actually happened. <laughs> I think, yeah, it, we would be doing true crime. This, this, uh, the winning time would be covered on crime scene on yeah. <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So yeah, it didn't actually happen. But Haywood apparently did get into deep discussions about getting a hit on Paul Westhead, but called it off. Uh, eventually, I guess maybe as he was coming down off of a high, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this is—I was at first, I was like, "This is this is pretty like pretty weird, pretty hacky thing to do." I don't. I wish I wish they didn't do this. But I was like, "Oh no, this is actually a little bit of real life," which is interesting to to know. I love I love the 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 stinger at the end of the episode though. Like, who do you want me to kill? The Lakers. Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> like in reality, he just was like. Can you kill Paul? Yeah. <laughs> I need you to kill Paul, Paul Westhead. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they take that <laughs> next episode. I, I think, I don't know, I, I, if we could have ended with Haywood and Kareem uh, in the locker room, I would have appreciated that. Maybe leaving us on Kareem in the locker room being contemplative, I think would have been a more effective ending to the show rather than having this thing that will inevitably probably go nowhere next episode i agree it feels very like someone was like i'm so excited i have the best cliffhanger for the end of an episode and like what i've been enjoying more about this show is you know the the events are true so it's like in some ways to me the the events of the show don't really matter um because what's interesting to me is is what they're trying to do with like character work right um and so yeah i'm interested in this from like hey like how does he come down from this you know like a big thing to like be thinking about taking a hit out on someone is like you know a pretty big deal but the best stuff in this episode is certainly the conversation he has with kareem and so like that's where i want the show to like end and not this like I'm going to kill the Los Angeles. Like it feels very like I'm going to steal the national. The it's like, yeah. I'm going to kill the Los Angeles Lakers. Like what? I want to put a bomb yeah. on their bus and blow what? them to smithereens. Yeah. So yeah, it feels a little corny, even if it's true. Um, so, but it's true. So I can't really fault them for being like, that's how we're going to end our episode. Yeah. Isn't it better if he says Paul? Like, I feel like it's more interesting. I don't know. They just want yeah, the line of like. I, I just, I don't want them to have a whole subplot uh, next episode of being like, you know, call it off, call it off. And like, he tries <laughs> to like intercept a hitman going after Paul. I feel like that's at a the little, finals, there's like a sniper, you know? Yeah. I feel like right. that's a little, going to be a little too, uh, I don't want to say hacky for this show, but it kind of no, feels say that way. Too hacky. Yeah. Uh, Josh Wiggler often uh, podcasted with him, especially about Yellow Jackets. There was a big discussion during that season. He said, like, we have to wait to see what the show is. Um, but I will say definitively, I think we know that the show is not <laughs> whatever Haywood trying to kill Paul is. I think yeah. it's not this show. I, I think no. as interesting as it is that this happened in real life, I think we could have uh, exercised it from the show. From Actually, this, you know what? what? What episode ended with like a guy in a trunk? Maybe the show has been a crime thriller the whole time. Hey, maybe we just missed it. Yeah. 
Well, that is our episode nine coverage. One episode left. One left. I've enjoyed it. It's been really fun. I've been enjoying chatting with you. And again, I think there's so much good stuff in here. Um, Very interesting that like perhaps the best episode of the season again, it doesn't have a lot of magic, but um, it worked for me. I think there was a lot of these similar vibes in the discord uh, today. People being like, yeah, that was really good. Like that, you know, the the Emmy uh, uh, stuff was being thrown around people saying it was their favorite episode. So um, I'm hopeful that they can, they can land the finale. Yeah, I think so far, I, I wouldn't classify any of these episodes as bad. Uh, I would agree. They've all been very good. Uh, you know, others better than than other ones, but, you know, still very good series. I, I probably, I'm not sure what I came in expecting, but I don't think I got what I was expecting. I got something better than I was expecting. Yeah, I, w- I don't know what I was expecting at all. I just knew it was like Adam McKay, executive producer. It's a sports show. It's been fun. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Jerry Bus tells us earlier in the season. Uh, I said, I hope they can land the plane. He says, you know, landing a plane is just falling. So All right. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see next week. Uh, Promise Land is the episode title. I wonder if they win the championship. Gee, I wonder. <laughs> Boy, there was some way to look this up on some some computerized database to tell you what has happened in the past. But yeah. unfortunately, mm-hmm. we don't have such a thing, so uh, we'll, we we don't know. Yeah, I'm going to go to the library and see if they can tell me. Yeah, look up in the sports almanac. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll be back next week. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at High From Grace, doing lots of stuff here on Post Recaps, weekly movie coverage with Ariel. We just wrapped up our Russian doll coverage, including a feedback show with Dr. Amanda. That's with Marissa and Ariel as well. I'm going to do the Wilds uh, premieres uh, this week. Uh, I've been covering Heartstopper with Matt Scott, lovely little LGBTQ uh, rom-com. And if you... Uh, want something that's the complete opposite of Heartstopper, which is a very cute, adorable show, then uh, a Dr. Amanda uh, and Melissa Woodward and I have been covering Shining Girls on Apple TV, which is a terrifying, horrifying uh, sci-fi thriller. So the exact opposite uh, of that show. And of course, I cover sports over on Rob as a podcast with the Off Speed podcast. Uh, and again, on Twitter, at High From Grace. What about you, Jason? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J-A-Y-R-1085. Uh, you can find me still covering Married at First Sight over on the uh, Wrap-Ups Network. Uh, this season started a, f- a couple months before Winning Time started, and it will be on probably a month after Winning Time wow. ends. That's how long this season has been. Uh, we won't have a new episode this week because the show has decided to air a recap, recap special before the quote-unquote decision day episode so no episode this week for mass but check out our backlog you don't have to watch the show to listen to the podcast that's how much fun we're having over there uh you can also catch me on postal recaps with uh marissa and we are talking about this is us the season we just did a uh kind of a introduction pod last week and this week we will be starting our episode recaps with uh the episode coming on tuesday night entitled miguel should be interesting jason uh, do you want to know you have a you have a fan uh ooh. my mom listening to the this is us finale coverage so oh yeah. fantastic yeah that's right so we, we we had fun uh talking about our favorite plots our favorite episodes our favorite characters um so far but now we get into the nitty-gritty of each episode as we cry our way to the end on the ss Crockpot. that's what we're calling our, <laughs> that's uh, great. our podcast uh vessel that's uh, we are your co-captains on the uh the river of tears that we will be guiding you through this season. Uh, so that's all uh, for me right now. Anything else coming up after that, you can find on my Twitter account. I will post it there. And until next week, folks, keep dreaming and keep dribbling. <laughs>
With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.